1: Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us for episode 75 of Forever 39. We would love to chat with our listeners. So if you're on Twitter, you can follow us at Forever 39 NJ. You can also like us on Facebook via the New Jersey 101.5 page. And if you have any topic suggestions or other comments, email us at forever39 at nj115.com. We promise we will write you back. And to get our podcast, you can subscribe via the New Jersey 101.5 app, iTunes, or Google Play. Coming up in this episode, we're going to chat about what to do when you dislike your friend's significant other, and why Airbnbs might not be the best for all. But first, we're gonna talk about getting healthy in our 40s, And joining us is Amanda Mancini. She's the founder of Pure Fit Woman, a health and wellness company that specializes in helping busy women of all ages regain their health, fitness, and nutrition through holistic lifestyle changes. And she's also a personal trainer with 22 years of experience. So welcome, Amanda.
2: Oh, thank you for having me. Very excited to be here with you guys. Awesome
1: let me ask you before we get started, what exactly do you mean when you say holistic lifestyle changes?
2: Well, I think of a holistic lifestyle changes as a person that wants to kind of remove uh, as many toxins from their life as possible, both uh, with food, with things that they use in the home, uh, you know, feeding yourself the best possible nutrition, uh, keeping a low stress lifestyle. Uh, You know, I'm free of most chemicals and products and uh, supplements that are uh, synthetic and those types of things. Uh, so I look at it as like uh, treating yourself as a whole person inside and out. And that, to me, is uh, my version of a holistic lifestyle.
1: Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. So it's not just about what you put into your body. It's also about the environment around you and what you put on your body. Exactly. Sure. So. Exactly. Our show focuses a lot on women in their 40s. So I wanted to ask you, what is the importance of diet and exercise for women in their 40s?
2: I think it actually becomes even more important when we hit this age. I'm 42 now. I've been training women for most of my life, uh, my adult life, I should say. And when we get to this age where bodies are starting to change, uh, there's hormonal changes taking place, you're starting to lose muscle mass. But on top of that, I think we are all very busy at this stage of life. Well, if you have children or a career or both, uh, women are starting to put their health on the back burner and they find it harder to lose weight um, and they're developing chronic diseases and things that they haven't had before in the past, uh, things like autoimmune issues, uh, diabetes, high blood pressure. And uh, I think it's more important at this stage to really take, uh, take control of your health to avoid uh, diseases and things that you know, are not really necessary as we, if we're uh, paying attention to ourselves and practicing what I like to call self-care.
3: That's so smart because you know what? 42, Annette and I are also 42 and it cre- crept up really quickly. Mm-hmm. So fast. yeah, 52, 62. So you're right. If we're not going to do something now, before you know it, you're going to be 52 and, yeah, you know, right. not be behind I the ankle.
2: Also, what happens most of the time with people that I've trained, uh, it takes some like a health scare for them to want to make a change. Mm. And I try to explain to everyone, you can avoid that if you take your health seriously before those problems creep up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Amanda, a lot of women in their 40s complain about wanting to lose weight. And they also complain about the fact that they can't lose weight like they did when they were in their 20s, which is the case Mm -hmm. for all of us. So what sort of diet and exercise strategies work best for women in their 40s?
2: First and foremost, I think people overestimate the amount of activity they do in a day. They think that if they work out for 45 minutes a day and they get on that elliptical trainer, that that's enough. And unfortunately, it's the lifestyle, especially living out in New Jersey, if you're in the suburbs, you tend to be in your car most of the time. And uh, people are just not moving around enough. There's just not enough movement in a day. You're parking, you know, close to a store and, uh, you know, or you're, you're driving your child to the bus stop, which is a block away. Uh, those things really make, make it hard for people to lose weight because they're not expending enough calories. So I encourage women to use uh, one of those Fitbits or a step tracker. And, you know, it's recommended you get at least 10,000 steps per day, if not more. And if you wear that step tracker for a few days, you'll get an idea of really where you're at. And most people will come shy of 5,000 steps per day, which is not even close to being active enough to uh, maintain not only lose but just maintain your weight. Uh, So I do that with the women. I tell them, wear that, just see where you're at and make it a goal for yourself that Monday to Friday, you get those 10,000 steps in a day. And it might be a combination of an exercise, a workout, but also, you know, bringing the laundry up and down to the basement 10 different times in a day or going food shopping, those things add up. And uh, you'll see that you'll have an easier time controlling your weight if you just have more activity.
1: I think you make a really good point about it's not enough just to exercise for 45 minutes a day. I mean, a lot of people would think, wow, I mean, I did 45 minutes on the treadmill, like I'm good to go. Right. But if you're then just going right. to go into an office and sit for nine hours, well, no, you're not. And right. and that's something that I know shocked me when I read it, that actually that's not enough. You need to get up and get moving throughout the day, not just during that period that you're at the gym.
2: Right. I, I, yeah, I agree with that more than people realize uh, also, the other thing with the steps, I mean, people realize that they can add in exercise throughout the day. It doesn't actually have to just be in the gym. Uh, you know, if you're taking your child to a sporting event or practice, they can walk around the field. I see a lot of parents sitting at the games, or not not the games, at practices, just sitting there and talking with their friends. And I, I almost wanna
0: you know yeah <laughs> now when
2: i'm running by like get up and walk and talk you know uh Absolutely. You can do these things and even simple things like uh grocery shopping and i purposely don't dread grocery shopping because i know when i go to uh, costco i can um get some extra steps in that way and i'll go up and down every single aisle i'll make multiple trips in and out of the house you know to me that's another form of exercise so it's not that it has to be this structured form of working out. It has to be a class. It doesn't have to be those things.
3: You know what I really like? I, I am someone who works out frequently and people are always like, oh, you know, how do you guess? What do you do? And I love this tip because I feel like anyone can do it. It's not overwhelming. It's not scary. Get a Fitbit and look at your steps. It's not complicated. I need to get one. So yeah, they're great. What are some of the biggest
1: health mistakes that women in their 40s are making?
2: There are quite a few, actually, but I'm going to try to give my... (laughs) (laughs) I would say my number one that I see all the time is relying on fad diets and not focusing on your overall health and nutrition. Uh, I'll see people do, and I'm not going to name diets because I don't want to say anything negative about them, but if it's not something that you can do for the rest of your life without having to think about it all the time... It's not going to work long term. So usually a diet will look great on a Monday, you know, if you feel bad <laughs> from the weekend. And by Wednesday, the diet is already over. People literally have about three days that they can stay on a diet and you'll see that they start falling off by Wednesday or Thursday. And it's because it's not realistic. It's not an enjoyable way to eat. A lot of times it's not a healthful way to eat. Um, I don't, I don't encourage anyone to drink uh, shakes in place of eating food all day or to oh. eliminate a uh, whole food group, of macronutrients such as a carbohydrate, or something important that you need for energy, and um, think that that can work long term. So that would probably be my number one: is relying on a fad diet, not looking at what is the food going to do for my body. And and I always look at a food and I say, is this going to provide me any nutrition? And if the answer is no, it has zero place in my diet or a very very small amount in my diet. And if you look at food as what it's going to do for you, as opposed to cutting calories and, and, and trying to be skinny, uh, you'll alleviate uh, or actually take this big weight off of your shoulder that most women are carrying around. My mm-hmm. hubby has so been doing keto for the last six
3: months and I'm ready to murder him. I think it's <laughs> the dumbest Canada, thing of all time. Of
2: that. Yeah, I, I'm
3: not into I it either. I think
2: it's a realistic way to eat.
3: I uh, agree. I think it's re- it's so stupid. I could sit here for an hour with you <laughs> bashing it. I think it's so dumb. Oh, I can have a field day with that. <laughs> so <laughs> I love you, Amanda. <laughs> so Amanda, I am... Um, I'm one of these people
1: that has a really difficult time with eating. I've been overweight my entire life, and I really, really have struggled. And um, I'm definitely not anywhere close to the weight that I should be. Like, I'm obese and need to lose weight. And I've been really doing well for the last week and a half. And my problem is this, though. So food is like my best bestest friend in the world. I turn to it for everything. And you know, I turn to it for comfort and for sadness and for excitement, celebration, like whatever it is, food is always there. My biggest problem that I have is that I love to eat like I enjoy food. I enjoy all types of foods. And when I diet, For me, I really have to cut out stuff that I know is a problem. So sugar is like my number one thing. Um, I can't handle it. If you give me like a piece of carrot cake, my issue is I don't have the mentality where, oh, yeah, okay, so I'm going to like I've been great for two weeks and I haven't cheated. And this is like the kind of mentality that a lot of, I think, overweight people deal with. Um, You know, I've been great. I haven't cheated. I haven't had like that forbidden food. So I'm going to allow myself to have this piece of carrot cake for lunch. My issue is I have such a hard time then not going off the rails for the rest of the day. And so what happens with me when I diet is it's like an all or nothing mentality. It's like all those foods over there, all those sugary foods, really, really bad. And so I'm not going to touch them because I know that I can't control it. But I also feel like that's unrealistic for me to think, oh, yeah, so I'm 42 years old and I'm never going to have a slice of carrot cake again for the rest (laughs) of my life. So do you have any advice for people like me that deal with something that is like that where, you know, we we still want to be able to eat some of those foods and. I get that they don't really offer a a real great nutritional value, but they're really good. Sure. (laughs) And sometimes you want to have that that because you just want to have something that really tastes good. But how do you kind of manage that without going off the rails and without being like, well, I had that piece of cake. So now I'm just going to screw up dinner and eat whatever I want because that's my mentality.
2: Uh, Yeah, that's a very common, uh, probably the most common thing that I hear from the women that I work with. And, uh, what I have to say first about that is it, you can start to change your taste buds. Uh, y- your body and your mind are programmed to eat a certain way. Uh, you were given sweets as a child to make you happy. That's what mommy and daddy did when you were little, and it makes you feel better. It's a comfort. Uh, it's not a necessity. You, you can retrain your taste buds to crave foods that are actually healthier for you, but it takes time to do that. The problem is that there's such a mental aspect to it mm-hmm. that you feel this loss. Of, like, you're not having the cake that you really want, and you're not having, you know, these things that you really enjoy eating. So, the first thing I like to tell people is raise your standards for what you're putting in your body. Your body is your vehicle, and it's going to take you through your whole life. If you abuse it with food that is going to cause all these problems, it's, you know, you're really hurting yourself at the end of the day. And those little, that cake that you're having once in a blue moon is not an issue. But as a form of nutrition on a regular basis, you're harming your body. You're causing disease. Mm-hmm. And your food can either be your medicine or your poison. And I look at food very differently. I, I do enjoy food, but I truly crave, and I didn't always feel this way. Years ago, we didn't know what we know about nutrition today, and I was riddled with you know, candida and, and stomach issues and fatigue and energy levels. And when I started to change my diet as I became more interested in health and and this is my passion and became a job for me, uh, I started to enjoy the food I was eating more and craving it. So, for example, during the day when I come home, I always have raw food in my diet during the day. And I'll talk to women who have not had a vegetable the entire day. Mm -hmm. I "I can't imagine going through lunch and just having even just green lettuce. That's not enough. I mean, where are the, the raw peppers and the carrots and the onions and the cabbage and the Um, berries and your apples and all those raw foods that have so many antioxidants that are going to actually make you look and feel years younger than your actual age is. So my motivation for eating the way I do is because I know my body functions like I'm 20 years old. I I don't want it to sound like uh, boasting in any way. I just know that the way I eat gives me the energy and the ability to do what I do on a daily basis and also eating properly and eating foods like that will give you such mental clarity on a daily basis so you don't have that brain fog that you get when you eat poorly, when you're eating foods that are bad for you and, and that give you no nutrition at all, no health at all. So when I look at a food and I might see a piece of cake or something or a cookie and at that moment that might appear to be enticing, um, I'll eat my real food and once in a blue moon if I'm at a party or something I might have a cookie here or there but uh, I make healthier versions, and that was the other thing I wanted to bring out, and I try to explain this to women. You don't have to not have those things anymore. Just find a way to eat them in a healthier way, like a, a healthier version of the carrot cake that you like at lunch. It could be a, a, a muffin that, if you're not a cook, you could probably find it somewhere, but I like to bake a lot, so I'll take something that I enjoy and I'll make a healthier form of a cookie or a healthier form of a muffin or a healthier form of a cake, but my, my meals are always going to be very very nutritious and then that little extra will be a a healthier version of what I like
3: yeah that's great advice it It is it's great advice still it answers that craving sure
1: I really just need to work on changing my mentality and the way that I look at food like my aunt she's been trim her whole life and I just wish I could just get a little bit of her mentality because she really looks at food as just like to fuel her body Mm -hmm. and that's what she looks at it as like she I don't know that she doesn't get any enjoyment out of eating but she really just eats because she has to and for someone like me I need a little bit of that because I eat because of all sorts of crazy reasons but so one other thing I wanted to ask you is there are a lot of excuses that you'll hear women make for skipping time at the gym or proper meal prep because they just don't have any time, especially women in their 40s, raising families, maybe even taking care of mom and dad. Mm. So what tips can you give busy women of all ages that might help them accomplish their health goals without it feeling like it's one more thing they have to put on their to-do list?
2: I think when I hear those types of excuses, which I do hear every single day, (laughs) uh, it's really lack of time management and putting important things last. So I color block my calendar, and I'm very big on Google. I love my Google calendar. It's probably my best friend these days. And I, everything that goes in red is non-negotiable. And I literally will plug in. Now, I, I train people all day long, so I actually have to find time for myself to exercise as well. My time is green. Oh, it's actually the color I gave myself. And I literally, before my week starts, I plug in where my workout's gonna go and I know exactly what I'm gonna do and it's gonna be in there and I tell my clients as well, pretend this is a doctor appointment, I know, or a nail appointment. I know it sounds shallow, but the women don't miss their nail appointments, they don't miss their hair appointments ever. But they'll cancel a training session or they'll cancel their workout because they have something less important to do. To me that's the number one thing that goes on my calendar before everything else is my workout. Then I put my clients and that's all blue. So blue, obviously I can't move around either, it's work. And then my children will be another will be red and that's non negotiable. And then everything else, social occasions or social obligations, whatever they may be, that's the lowest one on the totem pole as far as my day goes. Because it's only so many hours in the day. The other thing I can offer for advice which works for me very well juggling multiple businesses and kids and you know, all the things we have to do is you do not have to do your workouts. All at one time. So there are times when I might have 20 minutes in between clients and I'll go and do a 15-minute run uh, just to fill in that block and then I'll know that I want to get in 45 minutes that day. And then later that day, um, when my day kind of ends, I'll do another half an hour of whatever it is I was doing that day for my workout. You can break it up. If you have 10 minutes in the morning or you can set your alarm a half an hour earlier, I would advise you to do it as early as possible in the day before you're tired. But it's just a matter of prioritizing and, and putting that importance on yourself. And again, it's to me, when people say, your day is so crazy, why are you going running now at 6 o'clock at night? Because in my mind, if I don't take care of my body, who's going to do it for me? You know, you right. as a mom, or if you're a working woman or whatever, you have to be well enough to run the ship. You know, that I float the boat in the whole house. Everything has is falling on my shoulders. If I'm not well, the laundry is not getting done. The cook, the meals are not getting prepped. The food is not getting brought into the home. There's money is not being made. It just wouldn't work if I wasn't feeling well. And uh to, so it's that important to me. That gives me energy. And I know it's extremely important to put yourself first. And everyone has. uh they, There was a study I read about that we all have three and a half hours of, like, discretionary time per day broken up throughout the day. We all have it. No matter how busy we are, it could be very important people, but it's there. It's just figuring out where you're going to fit it in. It could be that walk at lunch. It could be walking up, up and down the stairs in the office building. It might be not, um, not being on the phone or getting stuck talking to somebody without planning it. You know what I mean? If you yeah. run into somebody you know, that could cut into your workout time, that kind of thing.
1: Absolutely. Amanda, such great advice. Do you have a website that people can go to find out more about you and your company?
2: Yes, it's, uh, my website is purefitwomen.fit, and I, uh, I offer fitness programs, nutrition programs on there. I help people with holistic and natural health through essential oils, and uh, I can respond rather quickly if they have questions on anything, um, but my focus is mainly on women uh, in the 40 range and up. That's my niche of women that I feel very drawn to, and I, I live their life, so it's very easy for me to uh, understand what they're going through.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for being part of the show today. We'll definitely have you on again to give us some more really helpful advice. And uh, thanks also for the personal advice you gave me there. I really appreciate it. Oh,
2: Oh, no, anytime. I would be happy to chat with you guys about that. But I appreciate you having me again. And I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Thanks again. Thanks Thanks, so much.
3: Smartmeetings.com did an interesting piece about the new generation of services, if you will. And I'm talking specifically about things like Airbnb. So some advantages to Airbnb over the classic hotel stay. And I've used Airbnb. that have you? I have not. Okay, we have. And I found there was a lot more bang for the buck. We were actually headed to LA. And a lot of location was what we were searching for and the price of the hotels was astronomical plus once you get there you know there are all these added on fees plus we had a rental car you had to pay for parking it wasn't included so things just kept ratcheting up so my husband suggested this is pretty early on in airbnb he said why don't we go on airbnb and see what we can find so we found this great apartment with a kitchen, a living room, one bedroom, free parking, and of course, you can put in what you need. You need to park a car, do you want a gym of some sort? Do you want, you know, you can check all that. So we did that and we got all four nights we were in LA would have cost us one at the hotel we wanted to stay at. Wow. It was great and it was a great location. It was right by the Chinese Theater and it was actually, you know, it was really cool if you went on the balcony of this apartment and turn to the right, remember the end of Pretty Woman mm-hmm. when Richard Gears climbing? Mm-hmm. That's where they've seen like the whole thing was filmed right there. So You must have been like, This is my place? This is he's like, <laughs> come out here. I want to show you something. The guy we dealt with was great. It couldn't have been easier to use their parking garage. So we had way more bang for the buck in that situation. Have you used them since? We have. And actually, my family a couple weeks ago, my baby sister, and my parents went to a small village up outside of Lancaster. It almost looks like an old school Bavarian village. So cute. They got a great Airbnb for the weekend. It was five hundred bucks for two nights, three days and it housed all of them. My sister comes with a large family both my parents. And so you guys know a hotel, plus you're not paying all those weird fees. Mm. You can come and go as you want, sure. So there are disadvantages too, like there isn't a 24 hour concierge at an Airbnb. You can deal with the person you rented from, but they're not gonna take care of you like someone in a hotel would, of course, like catering to your every whim. And you're staying in a stranger's home, of course, so a hotel is more regulated, perhaps more secure. And just to break it all down for you, although you hear Airbnb a lot, the hotel industry isn't really being that much affected. It only takes up about 2% of hotel demand in the U.S. But I found it fantastic and I would do it again. Yes.
1: You know, I think it really depends on what kind of traveler you are and what you're looking for. So I totally get the pros of an Airbnb. I have never used one myself And I would use one if I was with a group of people. But as a woman, a single woman who does do some solo traveling, there's no way I'm staying in an Airbnb. I personally just don't feel comfortable in an Airbnb situation. I like staying in a hotel as a single woman. I like that. I can call up the front desk or, better yet, walk down and see someone face-to-face within moments of there being an issue. So for me, it's all about safety. When I travel, that is one of the most important things to me. Sure. And I just feel more safe in a hotel community. I also feel like it's a really good opportunity to meet fellow travelers. I don't know that I would really get that experience at an Airbnb since they tend to be a little bit more isolated since it's someone's home or someone's
3: apartment. You might not be near any travelers. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And But there are some cool things about it. Like, I know that most Airbnbs come with a kitchen. And if you're a large family and you really need to watch every single penny that you're spending, well, that's great because now you don't have to worry about going out for your meals. You, you can prepare all your meals in the kitchen.
3: Right. And you have more space if you have you a have free, more you space. Know, and you know. typically
1: there's a washer and dryer, which right. I will say there've been a few hotels that I've stayed at that have had that sort of setup, oh. And it's awesome. It is awesome. Because especially if you're on a long trip, it's so nice to be able to clean your clothes. Even if you don't even intend on wearing them again, it's just nice to have non-dirty items in your suitcase yes. with clean clothing. Mm-hmm. So I guess. Get the attraction of it. But for me, I just don't think it is a good option. I also don't know if I like the fact that a lot of times they're a little bit more off the beaten path. Now, granted, I love to explore neighborhoods when I travel, but... It is convenient, though, when you're staying at a hotel where the subway is only a block away versus maybe an Airbnb where you don't have all those amenities near you. So I think it really depends on what you're looking for and
3: what you can find, really. But I do think as we are speaking, I just remember when I was a kid and I would travel with my family, I had two sisters, my parents, and all of us would be in one hotel room. With two, like, say, double beds or queen beds, and there was nowhere to go. My poor parents, like, we would go to bed and they'd be (laughs) stuck in this room with us. And I do feel like hotels are really starting to answer that call because Mm -hmm. of Airbnbs. I feel like they're starting to change with like family suites and washers Mm -hmm. and dryers available. And you know, Annette, one of the big things with me is Disney and they definitely no oh my oh my gosh
1: (gasps) I had no idea I've been once or twice wow that is news to me that is shocking Megan shocking
3: but they have those (laughs) rooms with the kitchen Mm -hmm. and then bedroom suites and they have a laundry area in the room Mm -hmm. that you can get all that stuff done and it's fantastic and I it is you know when I was a young girl and I went there you were in a room with two double beds and there you were that's it I know no again I, I
1: totally think they're great just for me as a solo traveler no no, but if
3: again, if I were to go with a group, absolutely sign me up. What if you were to see because there are reviews and stuff. What if you were to if someone were to have one hundred and fifty five star reviews and this is so great and they couldn't have been more helpful and they helped me find mm-hmm. things around town and it had everything I need and it had free parking and it had a gym and it had blah, blah. Would that? No, I really don't think so.
1: I really, I really do like the hotel element because the other thing again is it's not just the safety factor; it is being able to perhaps mix and mingle with other travelers. You know what?
3: That is really Mm -hmm. interesting, and that's what I want to talk to you about real quick. You're saying you want to do that? You want to go down and talk to someone face to face? Mm -hmm. You're Gen X. That's what we do. That is what we do. So the generations coming up, are mm-hmm. they going to go downstairs to the concierge and speak with them or are they going to just want to, hey, let me get the Airbnb, Steve from Airbnb and sure. ask him a quick question about the sink right, on my phone? Yeah. So that's really interesting yeah. too. I wonder how that's going to affect it.
1: I would think that maybe Airbnbs are probably skewed toward more younger people, but maybe not. Like myself, yeah. Yeah, like yourself. (laughs) Well, do you prefer staying at a hotel or an Airbnb? Take our poll at nj1015.com. All right, guys. So let's talk significant others and friends. Have you ever disliked your friend's significant other and what did you do about it? That's our final topic for today. So first, pretty much everyone has disliked a friend's boyfriend or girlfriend. At least that's my opinion. I did do an informal poll of my coworkers, and all of them told me that they disliked A boyfriend or girlfriend of a good friend at some point. Some said it was because of the way the person treated their friend, while others said they just didn't like the person's personality. Mm -hmm. All right. So, Megan, have you ever experienced this and what did you
3: do about it? Yep. Um, I actually told I I hung out with a bunch of boys growing up. Mm-hmm. So there, one of the boys was dating a girl I didn't care for. I didn't care for her personality. She didn't seem to like me very much, and maybe felt threatened because I was friends with the boys and all that stuff. And so she and I had it out, and eventually I was in their wedding. <laughs> And we worked it out. (laughs) All right. Well, that's good. But yeah, it it was touch and go for a while. I mean, there was there were some big fights there. So what was it about her that annoyed you or that just that you disliked? Her personality, I guess, at the time, her insecurity of my relationship with him, because my thought was like, I, Annette, you know me. I'm not the girl that's going to go stealing your guy mm-hmm. or make a move on your guy. And I'd been friends with him for a long, long time.
1: You would have done that already. Thank right. you. <laughs> so uh,
3: get over it. But, you know, mm-hmm. I did find of the girls that the other boys married... None of them had an issue with me. Like, they were all like, please get him out of my hair. Please pick him up and take him out of here. And they were really cool about it. And those relationships seem happier to me. To Mm -hmm. this day, all these years later, they seem more fulfilled and happy than the one who was kind of bitter at me.
1: Yeah, a little bit of insecurity there. A little bit. Sure. Yeah. So I have a friend, Carolyn, and she was dating a woman, Tracy. I remember that. Oh, man. I had a really tough time with that one. So in the beginning... I thought Tracy was pretty cool. You know, we hung out here and there. But then as the relationship progressed and I got to see more of her true colors, I really had a tough time. She treated Carolyn really badly. So Mm. Carolyn uh, is overweight and Tracy would monitor and comment on every single item of food that carolyn ate it drove me That's crazy awful. and the one thing that i'll never forget and i can still think about it to this day and the picture of it is vivid in my memory you know how sometimes you do like whipped cream shots has anyone yeah. ever done oh my that God, okay my dad is King of those. The kids love it. Yeah. You've
3: probably been there when they've done
1: it. Yeah, exactly. So Carolyn was doing that, and Tracy actually knocked the can of whipped cream out of her hand to stop her from doing it because (gasps) she didn't want her to to do that. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I really disliked her because I felt like she treated my friend badly. Wow. So it was also, you know, a clash of personalities. I just didn't like the girl. But I also didn't like her because of the way she treated Carolyn. I
3: am flabbergasted. That is crazy.
1: And the relationship ended up falling apart. And they ended up, I mean, they don't even speak to this day. And it was like a whole thing. But there was a group of us that always hung out. And the group had a hard time with Tracy, too. So if you find yourself in this situation, there are some things you can do, according to an article in Glamour magazine called What If You Hate Your Friend's Boyfriend. First, you need to figure out why you don't like the person. Next, you need to decide if you should tell your friend that you hate her boyfriend. So there are some rules about this as to whether you should say something or not. If he treats her badly, speak up. If he just annoys you because he talks about his favorite Marvel characters too much... Wolverine, anybody? (laughs) 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 Then keep it to yourself because that's just a problem that you have. You don't want him talking about Marvel, whatever. Get over yourself. Yeah,
3: there were like some... I was trying to think myself of what things would be where I would have to get to the point to say something. Right, exactly. Like, this is what I came up with. If he never buys her dinner, like Mm -hmm. for some reason, she's always seems to be paying for things. If you know he cheated on her. Absolutely. If you kind of get a vibe that things are abusive or could be, like those are... Like where I would have to step in, and if you hate me, you hate me. Mm-hmm. But as a friend, I think you need to say something. But I would wait. Like if it's a new relationship, wait a couple of weeks and maybe Absolutely. see if it fizzles on its own. Sure, sure. But I think, like you said, if they're just talking about Marvel characters too, that's much that's your or, issue. Yeah, it's if she's truly happy, maybe you could see her for like a girls' night out instead right. of with. Annoying, Steve.
1: Right. And th- that's the other thing. Glamour says to watch what you say about him around your friend. So you don't like him, but obviously your friend does. As the Glamour article says, you can't rip this guy apart no matter how much you want to. That <laughs> will probably be the end of your friendship if you go down that road. Now, if she brings up some of her problems with him, be supportive. And if she starts talking about breaking up with him, don't bring that subject up each and every time you're with her. Right. Right. Now you're the annoying one. And whatever you do, don't leave her behind. Even if you don't like who she is with, she's still your friend. And I'm actually going to add one more. If the significant other isn't treating your friend badly, Mm -hmm. and it's really just a matter of personality differences, and I think you just have to realize that you're the one with the problem. So like you said, maybe... You don't want it to be where you all are getting together. So maybe you can suggest to your friend, hey, let's do something that you know he doesn't like. Like most guys are not really going to be interested in getting a mani-pedi. So maybe you can say to your friend, hey, why don't we go get a mani-pedi and then maybe grab a cup of coffee afterwards or something like that. That kind of puts him out of the picture. Yes. And that's okay, because he's not going to feel like he's missing anything, because really? I mean, do you really want to be there with two girls? And if he
3: gives you a hard time, that's a big red flag. That is a big red flag. But I think if it gets to the point where it's just bubbling over for you, Mm -hmm. and you have no choice, I think probably the best way to do it, if you're close enough, talk to her. Sure. But don't attack her. Think of if you were sitting there, and how you would want someone to present the information to you. Because if you're going to attack, she's going to put walls up or def- He is so great. He's so good. Exactly. Love of my life. Exactly. You know, like, mm-hmm. Well, if you've ever dealt with this
1: experience, let us know how you've handled it by emailing us at forever39 at nj1015.com. All right, guys, that wraps up this week's Forever 39 podcast. On next week's show, we're going to talk about why women say, I'm sorry so much and how to stop. I'm so
3: guilty of this. I, I, I even yes. did something yesterday. I'm mad at myself more.
1: Our favorite viral moments and things you should never post on social media about your relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Have a good week, guys. Bye, guys.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you.